Welcome to our event. This event is brought to you by Data Talks Club, which is a community of people who love data. We have weekly events, and today is one of such events. If you want to find out more about the events we have, there is a link in the description. Go there, check it out, and uh, see what you like. Do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. This way you will get notified about amazing live streams like we have today. And we have a very cool Slack community where you can hang out with other data enthusiasts. And one of the things we have in Slack is an amazing initiative. Adonis is one of those who organized a lot of things there called Project of the Week. And we're just finishing wrapping up a week about learning Rust. So check it out. It's an amazing community. Project of the Week is really a cool thing. If you don't know about that, there is a channel called Project of the Week. During today's interview, you can ask any question you want. There is a pinned link in the live chat. Just click on that link, ask your question, and I will be covering these questions during the interview. This week, we'll talk about freelancing and working at a startup. And we have a special guest today, Adonis. Adonis is a freelance data scientist who is currently working at Nanometrics, which is a startup that is uh, focusing on providing software for non-product inspection. That sounds really cool. In addition, he recently joined a freelance platform called Upwork, where he offers a range of data solutions to clients. Welcome to the show. Hi, nice. Uh, thank you for the invitation and nice to be here. Yeah, Adonis actually is a very, very active member of Data Talks Club community, and it's a real pleasure for me to have him here today. So thanks for joining us. And yeah, so the questions for today's interview are, as always, prepared by Johanna Bayer. Thanks a lot, Johanna, for your help. And before we go into our main topic of freelancing and working at a startup, let's start with your background. Can you tell us about your journey so far? Yeah, so yeah, I will start with my bachelor. I studied applied mathematics and physics. That's my main degree. Actually, I also focus on the physics direction. So I graduated as a physicist. And then I continued to do a master in Greece again, master and bachelor in Greece. That was on uh, nanotechnology. And there, while I was doing my thesis, it was like around 2017, I started working with data science. Like uh, it was because of my thesis. And after that, I went to the Netherlands to join a program that was, uh, that's called a professional doctorate in engineering. And there, uh, yeah, you work for the university and then the university sends you to projects with companies around Netherlands. So, you do those projects to get exposure to industry and also getting modules and trainings from the university. So it's kind of like a combination of the training. It's a part of your education. Yeah, yeah. So it's education and when working in the center. So it's the first year you work as a kind of consultant for a company doing small projects, like a four month, three month. And then the second year they send you and do like a one year contract with a company. You work there, you provide your solution to their problem, and also you get the training or kind of whatever you need, especially from the university. So after that, I became like a freelancer in Greece. I came back to Greece, became a freelancer. Yeah, my first job was actually the reason I came back to Greece for the startup called Nanometrics. Yeah, as you told, yeah, what we do is like we're building um, software for companies who are building nanoproducts, we help them inspect those because there is a lot of complexity there. And if somebody doesn't want to invest their money or the time or a team on uh, finding these metrics that uh, are characterizing nanoproduct or structure, it's very complicated. And yeah, 
if somebody doesn't want to do that, we offer them our software, which can lift this kind of burden off. While I was doing that, I because I was technically a freelancer in Greece, I joined the Upwork platform, which for freelancers, and I was providing their solutions for machine learning, data science. So that's uh, happening right now. That's a cool journey. So what are those nano products? Like, are they, like, is it related to electronics, like phones and stuff? Yeah. So actually, yeah, one of the nano products or clients that we have has their building surfaces and the nanoscale that you cannot see with your eyes. You need a special machine to see them, like electrons. You have to hit electrons, not light. And these surfaces are the base for the chips that we use in our phones, on our laptop. Also, apart from that, there are uh, some uh, edges, you know, that we have for erasers. So even the edges of the erasers have to have very specific roughness on their so, so they can be effective and, you know, at the hair only. And then there are nanoparticles. It can be on the creams that we put in our face. So they have to have specific sizes. So there's a big variety of nanoproducts and it's keep growing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I only knew about the chips part, but I had no idea about razors and these nanoparticles. That's pretty interesting. They never realized that razors are such a complex thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's just a, you know, sharp thing that you use <laughs> to cut hair. <laughs> yeah. It was a, very complicated and a lot of science behind it. Mm-hmm. I know that Philips, that is what I use, is a big company in the Netherlands. Is it like, did you get any exposure to these things at Philips? Did you work at Philips in any way? Uh, no. You know, did Philips, other people did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had another companies like uh, ASML, which also like a, was an old uh, spin-off thing from uh, Philips. But uh, there were people who did projects with Philips. I heard about programs like the one you had, and usually like Philips invests a lot of money in mm. I think one of the universities. Did you study at the Eindhoven University? Yeah, yeah, in Eindhoven. So actually, it is in a, uh, from Eindhoven, and it's also a joint program from Delft, and um, I don't remember the other, okay. <laughs> the other yeah. company, yeah. Anyways, so you finished your program, you came back to Greece, and you decided to work at a startup. So how did it happen? Why startup? Why not join a corporation? Yeah, so I had an opportunity to either work for a corporation, kind of a corporation was a, I think a company was the SMC, maybe, you know, it like, but yeah, it was um, either to work there or to work on uh, the startup. I had like both offers around the same time. So the things that, uh, like after I graduated, I finished the program, I had a lot of time and I was doing uh, the interviews and I had, you know, rejections of the <laughs> process. And then uh, at the same time, I had those two offers. So I was thinking in my head, okay, what I want, like I had to stop and think like uh, for many days. But yeah, I decided that I would like to try. I always admired, you know, the journey, like the entrepreneurship journey and uh, creating something innovative and uh, push it in the market and see, okay, how it goes, getting feedback, all these kind of parts of, you know, the startup. And I always admired, you know, startup stories. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it now. And if something doesn't go well, maybe I have other opportunities to go to a corporation. And also, by the way, yeah, the startup was doing what I was doing in a master. And I would do something in data science, which I don't think would be very 
easy. Yeah. So in your masters, you were doing some nano product stuff already. Yeah. Okay. So it was uh, quite related. So you were interested in this nano products. You were interested in data science, and it was the uh, the best thing, like two together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty interesting. And when you were deciding between startup and corporation, I think probably there were also some good sign, good things about, you know, joining a corporation, right? Did you do some sort of, I don't know, like for example, when I need to make a decision, sometimes what I do is I list pros and cons, and then I see, okay, like there are more pros here than cons, and then this is like the decision I take. Did you do something like this when deciding? Exactly. I did exactly like that. And I also was trying to cut down all the, I was not telling anyone about this. So I cut off everyone's, you know, kind of opinion that might affect you. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, me and myself, let's say, and I was, yeah, trying to balance these pros and cons. You definitely get some pros from working on a corporation and, you know, some cons. And uh, yeah, I said, let's try the startup direction. I thought they would give me some more value. Maybe in the future, I will, you know, go back mm-hmm. to the corporate environment and get something there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe startup becomes a corporation. Oh, yeah. That's uh, also a good, <laughs> not good <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, do you remember what, what were these pros and cons? So for pros, working for a startup, I think you mentioned, like, you know, creating something innovative uh, and then like other things. Do you remember what were the, you know, other things you put in when deciding? Yeah, I think uh, with the corporate environment, okay, there are always exceptions, okay, but uh, you're kind of more focused to your job that is in your description. But in a startup, you might take other positions as well because you're not so many people. So you have to maybe talk to clients or you have to do the branding. Maybe you have to make a video about your company that, uh, okay, you have like so many things that uh, there might be somebody else's job in a corporate environment. So, and I think that for some person could be, can put it in the cons or put it on the pros, you know, depending on what they like to do. For me, it was a kind of pros, yeah. I wanted to have the ability to to go a bit to the, also the business. So part of it or other aspects of it, control it. And um, you actually need to record videos now? No, I hadn't, not just, but I built a website. Uh-huh. Okay. Kind of, uh, cool. <laughs> Some people in the in my company have made the videos, like and recorded them and post them, you know, <laughs> for branding. Yeah, but I think also one pro, I could definitely think, and I want that, <laughs> have it in, a, in the startup, is like you're more organized by kind of nature, like you have to be organized more in the yeah, corporate environment. In a startup, you have yourself to do that. Maybe it has to do a bit with accountability as well. So yeah, you're yourself, you're accountable while in the company, it's more easy to be somebody else. So you had deadlines by your manager or your team, but with a startup, you put in your deadlines or you maybe, yeah, your clients. Mm-hmm. Depends. So yeah, that that would be as well something uh, different. How large is the company where you work? How many? We people? are um, four active people. Yeah, four. Four. Okay, that's a pretty small startup. 
yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah i, I see startups with two people uh-huh. so like yeah well, there are startups with one two one people right yeah 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 that's true I saw, yeah there there were some but just one person mm-hmm. like building huge oh. things so it was like okay <laughs> yeah so four people and then if you're one of these four you have to do pretty much everything right yeah 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 for me it was uh now we were in an accelerator and uh was getting a lot of business we were creature of business acumen let's say Mm-hmm. Because we were coming actually from an uh, academic mindset. The Nanometers is the startup that uh, is a spin off uh, from a research center in Greece. So, yeah, I myself had to get this kind of knowledge a lot and transfer it or, yeah, to the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since you joined, what kind of new skills have you learned working at a startup? Yeah. So, I think. The communication, how to be better communicating with the team, because I was kind of not exactly the only data scientist. When I was building something, I had to translate it with not so many complicated technical, you know, words to other people. Also, maybe to some clients or managers or CEOs or other clients. So communication skills as well. Definitely. It was, yeah, and this was just an example. So another thing for me was business knowledge. I'm still learning. I have a, a lot more to go. And um, I think, yeah, uh, because again, I was accountable for myself and for the client. I had to increase more of my, the quality of, you know, my product or my code still is not on the level that I want, but yeah, I'm doing and uh, a lot of learning, you know, you have to be able to learn things on your own. Yeah. And uh, be kind of yeah, the other thing that was uh, talking about, or yeah, I was uh, talking about, like I posted the blog about being lean. That was a big thing for me, the kind of a lean way to work. What is a lean way to work? Yeah. So it comes from the fact that we don't make very accurate predictions. Uh, of something that we build or publish or how it will go. So we build a product and uh, that product was built on assumptions. Okay. So okay, if it's the physics and, uh, or maybe if you send something to space, I know it's very complicated, but the rules are can't be predictable because, okay, there are masses and you can't be, write some things in the note and predict where the next second, maybe the space will go. Okay, of course, it's complicated at some other parts, but yeah. But when you launch a product or even you launch a new model, you have to do this on based on assumptions and you have to test them. That's the thing. You have to test them as soon as possible. And from the test that you get, you get a feedback, right? This thing worked. This thing didn't work. I made a prediction that um, a mass site who sells cars, I'm selling more, I'm trying to push more red cars to sell them because I think people like red cars more. I have to test this. This is my best idea right now, like my innovative idea. I have to test it. I try it out. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, I have to pivot, you know, try to do something different. So this, uh, the lean way is based on uh, like this circle, but called the uh, build. You build something, you measure it. And then you learn from it and then you do build again and you do this loops, trying to 
you cannot know. You cannot predict everything. Mm-hmm. So there is an idea. You think that this idea is going to work. You need to find a way to test this idea. Right? And then you need to have a way to measure yeah. the effect of this idea. Like, do people really buy more cars if we have more red cars, something like that, right? And then you see, okay, like indeed people buy more or like nothing changes. Right? And then this gives you some idea that you can, you know, change your assumptions or maybe develop them, right? Yeah, develop them further. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that can go with, that was the startup example, but it goes definitely well with the machine learning <laughs> or data, a data product. Seems like it's something that will work in uh, other environments too, not just the, the startup, right? Like, I know, yeah, corporation too. Yeah, well, I think uh, in the end, that's something uh, that they do. And uh, yeah, maybe the, even the, actually the book that I was uh, reading about this, the Lean Startup, that's for the book, uh, I was saying in the beginning that it's not only <laughs> for startups, then, uh, yeah, it's for everyone, like for companies, for, uh, yeah for life for, i mean like yeah life maybe life <laughs> like uh in machine learning you know you make assumption about when you publish a model how would it go based on the training and data set that you have in the testing but then when you publish it things might change and uh, one aspect that people i think right now discuss a lot and you have it in the mlops course is the monitoring right mm. and uh, there things drift like you have data drift or concept drift. I mean, like uh, you have to monitor them and see whether your model or the assumptions change. I mean, like tools, like I think you have the evidently. Yeah, definitely. Can, uh, it would be useful to to have them. Mm-hmm. And for those who do not know, Adonis now is talking about the MLOps course, the free course that started last week. So we are still on uh, module one. And by the time the recording is out, we will probably be on module like three, maybe. But yeah, you can check it out. I think there should be a link in the description to this video too. And uh, maybe I actually wanted to talk to you about that a little bit later. But before starting the stream, I asked you when you joined Data Talks Club. So maybe you can tell us a bit more about that because you're a very active member of our community. And it's uh, very interesting to hear your story. Like, how did it happen that you joined our community? All right. Yeah. So I had a friend who was also in, was in the program in Eindhoven, Lena. And uh, yeah, I was, we were talking about courses. And it's like, I was telling him, hey, I want to check out had more courses because I think I'm weak on around some topics. And he said, uh, okay, I know like uh, Alexei or Data Talks Lab. Uh, is this, you can check it out. They had a... Uh, Back then was, I think, December, he was telling me about that. Uh, you had the data engineering mm-hmm. course. I was like, okay, yeah, we'll check it out. And uh, I was a bit late to join, so I didn't join the data engineering course that you had. I think it was maybe the first data engineering that you mm-hmm. that you had there. I was I didn't know, you know, about the concept of Slack or the talks that you had, so I wasn't sure what it is. And uh, I was, as the time was passing, the months were passing, I was seeing the, maybe the talks. I was might checking some of the talks that you had, the interviews, you know. And then I was checking more the Slack. So I slowly kind of understood what was happening in Slack and uh, the whole community. So I said, okay, I would join the MLOps when it was a chance. I really liked it. 
I definitely like the fact that people were posting uh, the questions or, or talking about uh, MLOps. Like it was something I realized that I didn't have first. Okay, in my startup, you know, I was the data scientist alone there, kind of. And uh, it was fascinating to see, you know, people from around the world talking about, you know, data and uh, something new that was happening and also learn, you know, from the, learn something new. And uh, yeah, after that, uh, was uh, I wanted to be, you know, more active so that I liked apart from, uh, yeah, being in the community, maybe I could do something small on my own. Like, okay, but yeah, you suggested the project of the week. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool to have you here. It's nice to hear your story. So you tried to do data engineering course, then uh, like you weren't, like it was a bit late, I guess, or you were, yeah. Yeah. I, you did the MLOps one, right? Yeah, that was my first one. Do you remember what your project was about? Yeah, my, I chose like a semiconductor <laughs> project. I don't remember what I was predicting. Yeah, there was a lot of features and I was trying to, I was a machine learning model. I was, I think, predicting as the fault of the, the chip is going to fail or not. I'm not sure. But yeah, I had the opportunity to use MLflow. I would say I had it in the past. Checked, uh, check out, uh, you know, Grafana and the with uh, evidently AI and also use, uh, yeah, uh, perfect. It was a very nice alternative for me personally to Airflow. For me, it was for the things I wanted to build was much easier. So, yeah, I had the opportunity, you know, to use them all kind of as you did in the course. But, uh, yeah, all of them together for a course. It was a big learning. Having a project definitely was uh, the best thing in the end for, uh, you know, getting the knowledge installed in your head. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions for the students who just start the MLOps course? Yeah, I think uh, it's first to check the, for sure the do the, for sure the uh, exercises in the end. You can watch a video and then you can forget after that what they did if you don't practice it yourself. For me, it happens all the time. I think I know it, but. It's different, the knowledge part from the skills part, like those things are different. And uh, have patience if uh, there are, uh, I know everybody might be very busy, but uh, if they have patience and slowly progress every day or whenever they have time, they for sure can make it. And people are very flexible on the deadlines. So you were flexible. I was feeling myself sometimes I was very pressured on the deadline, but okay, you said, okay, let's extend it uh, one week. I don't know, maybe <laughs> I should say that, <laughs> but yeah. And for sure to the final project, that again, as I said before, was the, the best thing. And yeah, but another thing, uh, which I didn't mention that the community helped me was that you were mentioning a lot about posting your progress in public or making a post. I myself, I couldn't post every day, but uh, I was seeing other people doing it, which looked nice. But I posted, you know, my final one and uh, I had a lot of requests, people sending me messages to discuss about it. So I really liked that as well, you know, like people having questions about my project. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was also very rewarding as well. That. Very cool. And I know that uh, in the course you used Evidently and then I saw you 
in the evidently community and i think you also contributed to the tool like how did it happen can you tell us about that yeah so i there was um i saw the evidently i liked the tool and then they announced the hack oktoberfest mm-hmm. for in october and um the organization behind it and evidently itself had some uh, issues posted that you could uh, solve them and you do a pull request. And yeah, I like the tool, I like the, the the whole aspect of it. It fitted, you know, as I said before, in my lean <laughs> aspect of uh, yeah of the startup. And uh, yeah, I said, okay, well, let's try it out. Uh, I wasn't sure I could... Uh, do something useful, but yeah, this is something I'm trying to follow it. It's again, I like the community there very much. The people definitely deliver, and uh, I'm learning a lot from there as well. Are you still contributing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like a small contribution on a on a notebook, like recently, uh, like as a tutorial mostly. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, trying more to. I don't have a lot of time, but uh, when I have, like I try to put it there. Yeah. Well, speaking of having. Not so much time. Well, I know you work uh, at a startup. Yeah. You also take a very active part in our community. Then you also contribute to open source, like evidently, and you also freelance. So tell us about that part. Like, how did you start freelancing, and what do you do now as a freelancer? Yeah. So I was working on a startup, and I wanted to expose myself more on data science and building things. Apart from gaining the knowledge, I want also some actual, you know clients on myself for the data science part, just for me to grow and, you know, some extra income if I can. And uh, I found this uh, platform called Upwork, where um, it's a, a platform that allows uh, freelancers, apart from it, it could be data scientists, machine learning engineers, but it could be some web designers. So it's not only for data uh, reasons. Uh, yeah, the platform offers them a spot uh, to the offering spot also offers the same spot for clients. So clients post their the job, and clients see those jobs and okay apply all together, and see yeah the client says okay I want I like you uh, let's do an interview. Okay you're fitted. Let's start uh, the project. The project could be fixed price or hourly. There's a lot of competition, but uh, it's a very nice uh, platform. Yeah. What kind of projects are there usually? Like, are they long projects, short projects? All kinds. It could be, um, I have an issue, I check out my dissertation, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, for uh, two hours or something. And there could be like a six month uh, project on building, um, yeah, a model. Mm-hmm. Like now, there I see a lot of LLMs, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, LGBT related things. What kind of projects do you usually go after? Uh, machine learning, data science, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, analytics, those things. Yeah, the, those three. There are a lot of those and very diverse. Like, could be from the healthcare. I had uh, one, a big one from there. And kind of text mining, it was. And uh, there was one for, again, to build a model, like a segmentation model. I had also one recently. So, like from what I hear, it's more like short-term projects, maybe for a week or month, something like that, right? Actually, the the healthcare project was uh, four or three months, mm-hmm. 
And yeah, the, the segmentation that I did was uh, three weeks. I had one also give like a, it was very short. Mm-hmm. It depends. My myself couldn't join because I had the startup. Couldn't join a very very long, mm-hmm. long one because I was doing short term project. Like uh, you can choose to have like to put more than forty hours per week. You know, mm-hmm. like it's you can filter out even the jobs, but there are long term. I just happen to choose the short term because of my the time that I can put mm-hmm. it. And yeah, you mentioned that there is a lot of competition, and I imagine that especially if you're just getting started. At a platform like Upwork or Fever, or you know, there are multiple, a few of them. How do you actually get this first client with all this competition with all the other freelancers on this platform? Yeah, that's a very good question. You have to again have patience. Mm-hmm. That's a definitely the biggest advice and uh, persistence. So you build, you do by step by step. First, you build like a basic resume or a portfolio. Upwork helps you. Upwork wants you to get clients because even from the business-related reasons, they get some money out of all this. So you definitely have a support kind of on the side. I myself, I had to watch a lot of you know YouTube videos, like uh, people who are there and had the same spot as me and as the person yeah, you asked. So I think the first thing is to build a, a basic portfolio Try some, uh, do some, uh, can't find the word, clients' jobs, you know, try to take them, uh, post as beautiful as you can, why you want the job or what you can do about it. If they reject you, it's fine. Try to get to learn from it, why it happened. And uh, yeah, kind of improve step by step. Uh, for me, it helped a lot. Again, this to have this process, like uh, I didn't get a job any, in the beginning, any job. Then I found out, okay, I should write a better message to them, trying to explain exactly what I can do for them. And then um, I built, like I was sending them apart from my message. You can send the attachment. Okay, I didn't use that attachment. Okay, I, I built a PowerPoint uh, with all the process that I've done myself, not what I has to do with an actual client. Like I had actually the MLOps project that I did from uh, for the Datos Club. I put it there. And... Uh, I had it attached in my message. So in the end, and by proving again every maybe day, every week your um, profile, you get higher chances. You might not get the best client in the beginning, but if you get a small job, you get might get five stars. You know, okay, you didn't get much money, but uh, you get the five stars. Then you get another five stars. Maybe then you can you know climb more and more and more. So it's a it's a process there as well. You have to put your time to invest and have patience. But it's, again, I think, could be rewarding. From what I heard, it looks like the course helped you actually getting clients. <laughs> yeah, it helped. It helped. Okay, good. <laughs> good to hear that. So you said that um, you were constantly improving and trying to figure out why rejections happened. So what, why do you think rejections actually happened? Because your profile wasn't complete? Because the clients weren't sure that you can do the job? Or what was the reason? Yeah, yeah. So, if somebody else gets a job, yeah, maybe another person had uh, written a better. Uh, I cannot find again this kind of uh, the, the word for that. Or sorry, cover letter portfolio. Yeah, the cover letter exactly. Exactly. Yeah, maybe written a cover letter or had more fitted uh, job 
yeah, or skills or had more experience or maybe they less money. So I think it, it depends. I think it always helps. Maybe that's maybe something I didn't say before to have a specific skill. Maybe like one year ago, I was seeing a lot of chatbots. People, if so, if you had very good experience on building chatbots, you can focus only on that and then you get some clients there. That helps a lot. I wasn't kind of that person. So for me, you don't get exactly the feedback. You have to ask for it from uh, clients. If you don't get an answer, you can, again, make assumptions. But I was seeing always uh, these YouTube videos or the instructions or the advice the Apple was giving. And I I was seeing myself, yeah, I was not writing a good uh, cover letter. Yeah, I maybe asked uh, for two months. So yeah, I have to check. uh, I have to put more skills for my uh, resume. So was it worth it? Like, looks like you went through a lot of troubles to actually start getting clients. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, so uh, it wasn't that uh, I was doing only that. Again, for me, it was a learning experience from the beginning, so I enjoyed it. And also, like, uh, you get um, that, okay, why I'm not uh, getting where I want, like what I'm missing. So it's kind of... uh, (laughs) Building up until you get it uh, success, uh, success. So you kind of you get a push to develop yourself better, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so now, in addition to your to work at the startup, you have a few extra gigs that you do at Upwork, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you just finished one recently with uh, mm-hmm. with the one that the segmentation mm-hmm. model that I was talking about. Yeah, but now I like I don't have any. I've heard that one of the problems with Upwork and other similar platforms is that there are a lot of people who work for very little money and then you kind of have to compete with them. How did you solve this problem? Like, How do you come up with the price for your offers, for your projects? Yeah, I'm not able to answer this exactly. This is indeed an issue. I myself, I put it a like an hourly, you know, $43 $43 per hour. And um, I'm trying to follow that as much as I can, depending on the project. If the project's not going to take a lot of time from me uh, and it's not very complicated, I might lower it. Mm-hmm. If it's a big corporation, I will uh, definitely put it like that. Mm-hmm. So again, so it depends on the client. Secondly, it depends on, um, again, me valuing my time. So I, I have my kind of income from the startup. And uh, I'm okay. So I have a kind of basic salary. So again, the question is, this rest of the time that I have, how much I value it? If I value it uh, very, uh, like a $10 per hour for a project that uh, is not going to offer me something new, like a new skills, then I'm not going to accept. If it's $10 per hour, again, the same, but it's something that's going to give me definitely nice skills and I really like it, I might do it. If it is very good money, I will, uh, yeah, again, gonna do it. So it depends on how I value my time. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Just personal. Mm-hmm. So you are now at Upwork and you see a nice project, then you probably, I don't know, apply to this project, you send a cover letter, you send the PowerPoint presentation, and then you come up with a price depending on the type of the client. and what happens next after you apply? Yeah, so that's a yeah a very interesting uh, 
part of the process that um so after that you might have already done an interview to get accepted but then it starts another process of okay starting with the project uh, or the client's uh, problem and there i personally uh, seen that i have to uh, make sure that the tasks for uh, getting in the final solution or the milestone at least that has been decided is crystal clear or as crystal clear as it can be. So I'm trying to talk with the client and it, again, it depending on the client, like if it's a big corporation, it's more easy to do that. It's, a, it's an only personal loan, it's more difficult. After the, the interview, the first interview or the, yeah, of getting accepted, you have to maybe do a kind of an inspection or we can call sometimes data inspection. Is it true what they were saying? Is indeed the data that uh, they were saying, okay, I take some time and see, okay, can I solve it in the way that they ask? Or do I have to tell them how I'm going to solve it? So you do this kind of more theoretical and less practical parts, and uh, you have to both agree with your stakeholder or the other client. And then you start doing the actual task. And while you're doing again the task, you have to make some milestones. Okay, I did that. Where we are? Do we like it? Let's move on. And so it's uh, another kind of first. Looks like similar to what we talked about, the Lean Startup. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's philosophy. <laughs> it's a mindset. So you just uh, work in milestones, then you see if the client is satisfied with what you do. And if they are, you continue working. So then you get constant feedback from them, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you always what you want to do. It's more, I can say it more easy that I can do it myself. Uh, there are always some things you know, unpredictable, but it's okay. And, uh, yeah, I failed sometimes myself, like doing this kind of process and uh, I try to improve it every time. Yeah. And in order to work as a freelancer, you needed to register a company or how does it work? Yeah. So I try to translate it in, uh, from Greek, uh, like, um, yeah, you have to register as a freelancer for your own country. Mm -hmm. So when you get that kind of income, you can say, okay, you have to put an invoice and uh, publish it, I don't know, kind of in the in the country and so they can bring the taxes. <laughs> so you don't just, you know, go to Upwork register and start earning money, right? So there is some paperwork. Yeah, yeah. You have to like, okay, maybe you can do it and uh, never get the money in your bank and you can stay always on Upwork. I don't know if you want that. <laughs> Ah, so if the money is in Upwork, then what are you going to do with this money? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Like, you can actually put it there until, I don't know, maybe you can uh, do it and then start a company on your own to get them in your bank. First, you try to get a few clients, and if this thing works out, then you go through the paperwork. So you don't have to get yeah. money immediately off the platform. Yeah, maybe you, or you can do them in parallel because uh, the doing the paperwork maybe takes some time depending on where you are. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, don't take uh, some delays. You know, maybe it's uh, public sector things. Mm -hmm. So at your work, you have to wear multiple hats. So we talked about many different things you need to mm -hmm. do, like talk to clients, maybe even do videos and uh, all that kind of stuff. While here as a freelancer you're more focused on machine learning, right? Or you still, yeah. as a freelancer, yeah. you still need to do some extra stuff. 
I think again the communication skills, mm-hmm. the whole process that I described need the um, if you had like a good soft maybe skills not but say better, it will help you because again you have to control the the whole process with the client and also present them what you did with maybe you don't have to be a lot of technical. So again, these kind of skills are very, very valuable. And I think you can again connect it with everything. Like again, business. You are a business on your own there. And I was talking about how value your time and you have to decide that. So you maybe have to kind of get again the business uh, knowledge for yourself. So these are skills that you can learn them along the way. And uh, you can do some failures and you can learn from them. I think, again, if somebody listens to this podcast and make a checklist, again, it's not very easy to track all of these things unless you do them, <laughs> you know? So, again, if somebody wants to, I think you ask, if you want to start, just go for it and uh, it will be viable for sure. Yeah. You get some good skills. Thank you. There's a question from Anonymous. I struggle to get freelance work other than being consistent in the search for freelance work. Do you have any other suggestions? I think we discussed this partly. So like iterate, improve your profile, right? Was one of the things. Is there anything else you would recommend to the anonymous person? I think it can be a good idea while you are uh, see what is valuable for the client, all right? And for you to get a job. So doing consistent way of uh, taking a lot of jobs, it will help you. The other thing, which I would say, fix your profile every day. Try to see where you can improve. Like if you can improve your profile every day by little, in one month, you can have a very good profile. I think you can also, while you're doing that, see where you want to focus your skills or um, whether you want to learn something new. And uh, while you doing this search, also learn a skill or improve your skill set. That's also very uh, valuable. Check for sure the YouTube videos and tutorials from other people in the Apple community. They will help you, definitely. You can follow their advices. And yeah, like while you're doing the skills, maybe you can build, you know, like I did a project from the MLOps course and uh, put it on your uh, GitHub and then put it on your presentation, you know, and attach to it when in, in your next uh, cover letter. Those things I can think right now. Mm-hmm. So anyone who is struggling with getting upward clients do our courses and do projects in our courses. And then... <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks. So maybe coming back to what you do at Data Talks Lab. This is something I wanted to talk at the end. Well, we mentioned mm-hmm. already you took part in our courses. You also recently finished the data engineering course, right? Yeah. So did you like it? Yeah, I, I liked it and there were some skills that I wanted to kind of to learn or sharp more. I really liked it. I didn't have an exposure a lot, you know, to streaming. And uh, mm-hmm. I wanted a lot of focus on that in this one. And so also, yeah, for the final project, I used the Kafka, Coughlin, mm-hmm. actually. Um, yeah, I think I would totally recommend to anyone uh, this course. I really liked, you know, the 
document that you had. You had the S3 document with the uh, answers, you know, questions that people had or uh, frequently asked questions. Yeah, frequently asked questions. That saved a lot of uh, time. Like it was amazing how many times I had the same uh, issue. And I think it's not easy to make like a data engineering course because a lot of technical little things, aspects or versions change as you go. It's very annoying. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was a very valuable thing to do. What your project was about, you said, you mentioned it was uh, streaming, but what kind of project did also something about? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, I wanted actually to go to send you like uh, maybe to make something valuable <laughs> for Data Docs Lab. So I tried in the beginning to try to use the Twitter API, uh-huh. but I, I was taking a lot of time to get accepted as a developer there. Mm-hmm. I don't know why is the reason. Maybe some people do it faster, but I couldn't myself. So I said, okay, I wanted to take the Twitter and specifically people were talking about Data Talks Club and somehow use this data. And uh, that's okay, I cannot do that. So I went to the YouTube videos. I was saying, okay, maybe I can do something about that. So I took the YouTube API and I saw actually a video, somebody called Chris Jenkins, I think, he was using the YouTube API and from playlist, and uh, he was taking the metrics from the videos, number of comments, number of views, all these, and uh, he was streaming to a Telegram. I don't know. He was when there was something a new comment would appear. So I said, okay, I will use kind of the same logic, but I will put it on a BigQuery and stream uh, like every some seconds. Uh, uh, the number of views, the comments, and the likes, and stream them in a dashboard. <laughs> in the, from the BigQuery to uh, what's called the dashboard that you can lock it. Yeah, and uh, put it on locker. And uh, that was a streaming part. And there was also like other metrics came uh, as a batch. You know, I didn't have to, in my head, okay, maybe it's not useful to put in a stream. Maybe you can do it every schedule it for every day or yeah like a daily and that was another pipeline yeah again there are struggles uh struggle but it was useful but it was uh, funny <laughs> mm-hmm. but in the, in yeah. the end in the end the youtube didn't allow me to uh, use the api for one more uh, than uh, i don't know 100 times per day so it was a bummer couldn't uh, mm-hmm. make it in the end something what i wanted but yeah it was a uh, Again, I took the tools that you had in each video and to make something like that I wanted. Yeah, that sounds so cool. So like maybe for those who are struggling with coming up with a portfolio project because it's important for freelance job or for those who are now listening to this and taking a course right now and they are struggling with coming up with a project idea. Do you have any recommendations for them? Yeah, uh, find something that you personally like Try to see if there is a data about that. And if there, maybe you can build, like if it's a data engineering project, a dashboard, or if it's a machine learning MLOps, like a, a model. And it's, if it's, it don't have to be perfect, like definitely not have to be perfect. You just make sure that um, you have this nice idea that you like, and it will definitely make you more eager and uh, you're going to join more the whole thing. Uh, the whole building process. Okay. Yeah. What if I don't know what I like? Yeah. So that's um, 
another philosophical. Uh, I think you should kind of go out there and uh, explore. Uh, maybe, yeah, join a startup, join a corporate, maybe do a break and try to see what you're passionate about. So explore. <laughs> like uh, if it would be reinforcement uh, learning model, I try to focus on the explore part. Okay. Well, I guess uh, we should be wrapping up. So maybe last question for you. Do you have any resource recommendations for anyone who is listening to this? I think you mentioned the Lean Startup book. Maybe you have some other recommendations. Yeah, I would definitely, again, recommend people relating to Lean Startup. It will help them uh, either if they're in a startup or not. Or the whole idea of that process of working. Uh, so I would recommend that book. For data scientists and um, the machine learning engineers, analysts, I would recommend also like a second part of it called Lean Analytics, where it's focusing a lot on the measure part and uh, finding uh, good metrics for your startup, your project, or uh, yeah, whatever you're doing. It's uh, 10 years ago, that book, but a lot of all of the parts are up to date. And uh, they, I think the, the writers are uh, updating it. And um, I would recommend also a book. I really like this book now that I'm kind of finishing the designing machine learning systems. Uh, it looked uh, very nice. It's a book um, by Chip. Yeah, Chip. Uh, yeah. I cannot pronounce it. Yeah, I will not attempt to pronounce your last name too. Yeah. Sorry, Chip. <laughs> and um, yeah, check out the Data Talks Lab. <laughs> yeah, thank you. They personally, yeah. Yeah, we should be wrapping up. Thanks, okay. Adonis. Join us today for sharing all your experience and thanks for being a very active member of our community. And thanks everyone for joining us today too and listening. So I guess that's all. Have a great week. You too. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye-bye.